Hello and welcome to the April 15th Film Photography Podcast. My name is Michael Rosso and I'm here with Dwayne Polkew. Hello everyone. And John Fideli. Hey, how are you? And before we get started with the show show, this is a pre-show, a little, uh-huh. little pre-show segment here, I want to tell you guys, you probably forgot, I know you guys know this, but today, April 15th, is the anniversary of Kodak releasing Kodachrome in 1935. Wow. I uh, did know that, but thank you for uh, bringing that up. I mean, who doesn't know it, Mike? Really? Doesn't it go without saying? Exactly. Exactly. And what a day. If you've heard our previous podcast, you will know that John Fideli had two roles of Kodachrome <laughs> 200. And he came in today, and uh, they're shot, they're I'm exposed. Very excited. I haven't seen Kodachrome, or had to wait for Kodachrome to get developed since early 90s. Are we driving out to Dwayne's school. photo? I we should. In person to drop it off? definitely go there love. for a field trip. Wouldn't that be great? With your, your, with your with films. With my personal yes. films. With your personal films. Wow. It would be like the, uh, the hangover, the movie, like someone would lose a tooth and <laughs> <laughs> we have a baby. We don't know where it came from, but we're here with the film. <laughs> Wake up with the lion in the backseat. Mike Tyson, we've got two rolls of film. We've got two rolls of film. Hey, Dwayne, get that film do you remember developed. that we, uh, on a previous podcast, were giving away an Agfa clack? I certainly did. What yeah. a beautiful camera it was. Yes. Well, we have a winner. Oh. The Woo-hoo! Agfa clack. Thank goodness. There wasn't an overwhelming response. Actually, I should say the response to the Agfa clack giveaway, mm-hmm. there were a lot of entries, but after... This gentleman already won it. Oh, oh and I, well. And I don't have a second ag for clack. Well, this went to... Ex post facto. Nigel Rumsey in Kent, UK. Hey, hey Nigel. Hello. Hello, yeah. mate. <laughs> and I will tell you that... Um, Good on you. This is what Nigel says. He's not dead yet. The the clack has arrived, and Ooh. he was blown away that, I, that we put five rolls of 120 film in the package. Ah, uh, you see that? Just you a little something, ex- something. We yeah. go the little extra measure. A little extra measure. Now, Nigel says, if you're ever in London, there's a pint waiting for you behind the bar. Nice. Thanks, oh, Nigel. That's pretty nice, huh? Yeah. And she got a sister. Hey! Oh, Fred's your uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. What is it? <laughs> Bob's your uncle. Butchering the poor man's slang. Uh, we also received a letter from Scott Levine. He's from Croton-on-Hudson, New York. I've mm-hmm. been there. What a lovely uh, spot. Been really. there, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, River Valley. Scott can't figure out why we... Re- you know, we did a Lubitel experiment. Mm-hmm. Lubitel 166U. It's a Lomo, Russian, mm-hmm. 120 camera. You were not here for that, John. I, I missed that. Dwayne and I, in a pre-show segment, we actually shot with it. Like We shot a, a picture of each other. Mm-hmm. And the experiment was, can we achieve a focus with the Lubitel 166U? And? I thought the, re- the reason why it didn't work was because we were it was meters versus feet or something. What was the reason why? That, that is true. Oh. Scott says uh, he, he can't figure out uh, why we like it. He says, you know, for 100 bucks you could get, you know, a, a brownie Hawkeye or something uh, much better. You know, I think that uh, I like it. I, I'll tell you why I like it. Why? I like it because if I if I went out to let's say a local wrestling match, yeah, yeah okay. And a, the bouncer, like like if something happened to it, I don't care. Like I don't feel I, I feel like I could I could really just so you're go gonna out. weigh that against the fact that you may not get a quality photo. Well, that was the rule I used to use when I dated women. I, you know, <laughs> I don't like her that much, so. So she happens to get killed. No big <laughs> at game. a wrestling match. And... At a wrestling but match. But the, the focus was in meters. I did the uh, I did the tra- translation on uh-huh. the uh, internet thanks to the the Google. And uh, hey, hey, Google. I put a little piece of tape on the uh, on the lens uh, mm-hmm. on the uh, on the focus, mm-hmm. and I wrote the feet in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe Colbeck and I, he, uh, we went out and shot in the parking lot here, mm-hmm. and uh, we achieved focus. You did. 
but, but let me tell you why. In what, daylight with uh, depth of field being 100 feet? Thank you, John. Because Joe was there used to go. pulling focus in professional film situations, therefore he had a well, lot more... We went out and, and we were at like uh, 250th of a second at like F11. Oh, wow. So Come on, you got yeah. at least... We a were mile. inside at like yeah, F4. And the depth of field was so shallow. Yeah. So yeah. Really. there you need to be precise. The actually. jury's out. I'm going to say that, you know, the Lubitel 166U, a fun camera just to like goof around goof with. Goof around with. Hey, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Russian camera. Yes. You know, the Russians are famous for knockoffs. There's a bunch a, of... There, wow, John is so knowledgeable today. But they, Well, thank you. It's a knockoff of a Chinese camera. Really? No. Am I right? Well, they knock off. There's a bunch of knockoff microphones because I do audio oh. as well. They have right. It's the Russian version of a you know a U87 Neumann microphone. It's definitely not as good, but it's it's what you're saying. It's cheaper. It's more accessible. It'll do the job, and if you break it, you're not going to sweat it. Like the Kiev, but it's the not Russian, the ultimate. It's the thing. Russian Hasselblad. Like, oh my! God. I'm, I'm going to want to. It looks exactly like a Hasselblad, but it's the same thing. It's well made enough. It works right. well enough, and if you drop it, well, you know. I'm oh well. Gonna, I'm gonna say that the Lubitel yeah, 166. Back 160, to the vodka. <laughs> the Lubitel 166 is a knockoff mm-hmm. of a Chinese camera. I don't know what, why I'm saying that, but it seems like that's what we came up with. I don't remember why. It's made in China, isn't it? No, no. The Lubitel 166U is made in Saint Petersburg. Oh, uh, Russia. Yeah. Listen, it's a it's a great Florida camera. If you can get it, if you can get it for fifty bucks on eBay, go for it. It's got a nice Lomo logo. Just to have in your museum of cameras. No, maybe. I shoot with it. I, I, it I has a it nice. Has. It has that nice Lomo look to it. It really does. Yeah. And a oh, the edges are a little yeah. blurred. A little blurred, okay. like the Diana yeah. and the Holga and all that. Yeah, okay. it's an official Lomo camera. Um, I I will say this to our listeners: this has been an amazing month. Why? Why is this an amazing it month? It has been. It's amazing. Been fun month. Because it's been a fun month, and, and just so much happening. For example, uh, just on this show alone, which I have my little pad here, and the top says, Big Show. Big Show. Uh, we are going to discuss uh, in, in detail the Impossible Project. A group of entrepreneurs uh, purchased a Polaroid factory and remanufacturing mm. classic Polaroid film. They didn't purchase a Polaroid factory. They purchased the, the stuff. I don't know what the deal was, but they got, they got Polaroid's manufacturing equipment. They brought it over to Europe. They found a factory. Oh. Oh, oh, is that right? Yeah, they found a factory. Remember, they were they were oh, looking for a factory in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, and then they installed all this equipment, only oh. to find out that much of the uh, material, the raw material, the dyes were not available, so they had to reformulate the architecture of the emulsion and then bring those machines up to spec. My point being, the magnitude of what these guys did. Utterly blows me away. It, it really, truly does. Well, we're going to be talking about that. Sheesh. And clearly, Dwayne was paying attention. Dwayne and I went to Soho to the big press well, conference. Because you've been telling a different story. Yeah, we'll tell that story later. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to be listening to a uh, soundbite um, uh, from uh, the CES show this past January, where po- the Polaroid company is announcing a new one-step camera. Fun. Uh, and uh, what, a, what a strange place to, to launch a camera, the CES show. Indeed. Uh, the Film Photography Podcast gave away over 100 rolls of film in the last month. Wow. That's super positive. Great. You're going to have to get a sign like McDonald's, get one billion served. And I've been following your lead, and I've been going to eBay, look, just entering in film, Kodachrome, and it's just so much of it for sale. There was so many uh, digital photographers dumping their... Yeah. Stop. Well, how? How? What kind of speeds? I'm looking for something higher than Deuce. Everything. Everything. 400, 800 speed. Every, well, the, 
The higher assays are more money, always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like what? What are you talking about for a box of 800 speed? On a box eBay? of 800 like I buy? Yeah. A box of 800 pieces? No, not 800 pieces. 800 <laughs> speed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I usually try to buy like a lot of 100 pieces. Mm. And you so. get what you get. Yeah, but most of them are professional photographers that have been cold storing their film and everything's groovy. Super positive. You know, uh, I will say this. Uh, in a, when I talk about Fantastic, I got a letter from uh, Neil Carpenter from Inward Studios. He's in Macon, Georgia. Fine town. Uh, Neil donated 100 US dollars to the Film Photography Podcast to purchase a Canon AE1 package to yes. give away. Yes. That is so awesome. nice of you that I can't even begin to describe. That's it. incredible, that's, right? It's incredible. So that's Southern cool. hospitality, man. Neil, really cool. incredible. I was, I was, you know, I couldn't believe it when I got this email. So we have the Canon AE1. Mm-hmm. It's a Canon AE1 with a 50 millimeter lens, a 28 millimeter lens, and a flash. And 500 rolls of film. <laughs> and later on the show, we're going to be giving that away. we got the box right here. Woohoo! All right. Yeah. A lot of entries. Really? going to pick one out? or John's going to. you got to pick one out. Oh, nice. I, I never got to do that. So we're going to come back to that. This is a great week for me. I won uh, dinner at a Wilco concert. Now I get to pick a name out of a hat. Oh, Wilco concert. Yeah. I love Wilco. Do you? Yes, I was there with you. Oh, that's right. So John and I are, John and I are at the Wilco concert. We talked about Wilco because multi-instrumentalist Pat Sansone shoots Polaroid. Yes. And oh. I was at the concert, and now I know why he's multi-instrumentalist. He's what? playing the keys. He plays everything. Then he runs right around the stage, runs to the front, picks up a guitar, Yep. plays the guitar. What else? That was he it, right? He was singing at the end. Singing. Really? Yeah. Uh, is Wilco yeah, a band or a person? It's a band. Yeah. What kind of music is it? Multi- it's like country pop rock experimental. They're really getting crazy. They used to be a country pop band. Now they're like very experimental. Are they locally from New Jersey or New York? No, they're from uh, Chicago. Really? Illinois. Yeah. Why have I never heard of them? Because you're lame. <laughs> well, doesn't the lead singer's son also uh, take some fabulous photos? That would be Spencer Tweedy. Spencer, yes. Yeah, he is a 14-year-old young man, and he is also uh, shooting film photography. Well, whoever does their photography on their website, I don't uh, I mean, you guys are going to have to help me out with that. I don't know if it's digital. It does look like it may be digital, but it's pretty stunning stuff. I would say. Yeah, I, I was at that site. Yeah. It's... But, but, but so before we begin the official show, which we're doing right now, I have loaded in my uh, Canon. I'm a Canon. I have this loaded in my... I have, I have my loaded, Canon loaded. <laughs> I have my Polaroid One Step 1000 camera loaded with PX100 film. Yes. And uh, right here on the Film Photography Podcast, I'm going to shoot a, a image of Dwayne live experiment. Here's our light. Oh, I'm the lighting guy. Hold John's on. going to hold our light. Was this the portrait we were talking about? No. Oh, no. Should, I do, should I do the lighting flat or can I get artistic? No, get artistic. Okay. Get, hold yeah. on. get as cl- oh, close to it Get as, as artistic as this cable will allow me. Yes. Would you model with the Polaroid One Step? Oh, underlighting. Thank you, John. Yeah, we want to see all the bags. Really? You want to, you want me to go over top? You can do whatever you want. I'm beyond the point of. You and me, I I don't know. 
It's, it's easier to light under because it's uh, got a two-foot cable on it. Are you going to take pictures I mean, at the same time? Picture, just like no, yeah, just, yeah, just holding the Polaroid. Uh, can you bring it more towards you so we have more light on the Polaroid one step? Yeah, okay, that's that's great. I like that, Dwayne. Oh, oh that's good. Hold oh, that. work it. Here we go. Work it. There's that sound. I've been following all the tips online about how to shoot PX100 film. Yeah. I immediately took the film, turned it upside down, and hit it in a notebook so light doesn't hit it. Yeah. It's a different formula. This is not your standard Polaroid where a child you know, can sit in wonder and watch it you know, develop before your eyes. We're not, right. It's a different beast, but we'll talk about that. How long you got to wait now? A week. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be here a long time. So... And now, a compact, folding, electronically controlled, motor-driven, single-lens reflex camera capable of focusing from infinity down to 10 inches has been developed to exploit integral self-processing film units, which when exposed are automatically ejected from the camera with no parts to peel or discard, and whose final images emerge without timing in daylight where the viewer can see them materialize within the same transparent, protective plastic cover through which the film was originally exposed. Hold your left hand out. Place the camera across the palm. Grasp the rear of the viewfinder cap. Pull the camera into its erect position. To load, press and the door opens. Take the 10-picture film pack and push it all the way in. Close the door and automatically the cover sheet will be ejected from the camera. Now rest the camera against your chin. Bring your eye to the viewing lens. Place your thumb on the back of the lens board and your finger on the focusing wheel, rolling left or right to bring the scene into sharp focus from infinity down to 10 inches. When the correct moment comes, press the red electric shutter button, holding the camera steady until the film is out. The 10-bulb flash unit, five on each face, is installed by inserting the prong of the unit firmly into the opening above the lens. Select, focus, shoot. During the one and a half seconds after the shutter button has been pushed, and even during viewing, another story is going on inside the camera. This optical path from subject to eye is unique to this single lens reflex system. All elements are articulated to fold into a compact unit that folds flat. The four element lens collects the light, which bounces off of a permanent mirror to a fine Fresnel surface. It bundles the light and reflects it back again to the same mirror. The light leaves the interior of the camera through two astigmatism correcting slits bouncing off of an aspheric plastic mirror which focuses the image in space. It is this image that is seen through the eyepiece which is itself aspheric. When the picture is taken, the Fresnel moves elevating the taking mirror so that the image that had fallen onto the retina of the photographer's eye is reflected onto the film. All right, so let's get right into it. Dwayne, The Impossible Project. We might as well just get right into The Impossible Project. Let's talk about that. It was March 22nd. You and I traveled to New York City. We were invited to the press conference. I mean, since we began the podcast, by the way, this is our uh, six-month anniversary. Six months of doing the uh, film photography podcast. We've been hearing about the Impossible Project forever. Mm -hmm. Since the beginning of the podcast, at least. 
So we kind of knew something was brewing. Brewing. Brewing? Jim Brewing. <laughs> something was brewing. And, uh, but we didn't know quite what. We didn't have all the details. And we were always kind of scratching our heads like, well, you know, something's going to happen maybe. I don't know. Yeah, 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 sure. So by going to the press conference, we got a lot of literature. So now we know what's happening. It was, uh, at, it was at a gallery uh, on 425 Broadway. It's an ultra-hip location in New York City. Soho is south of Houston Street. And there's a lot of lofts in there. Mm-hmm. It's now, very artsy. Very artsy. But it's, but it's really cool because you go upstairs and there's you know, hardwood floors. Yeah, and really Big hot, spaces. Big spaces and really high ceilings. And as soon as you walked in the space, you noticed all these... I guess you'd call them sepia-toned, really big prints, like three by three feet. Yes. All over the wall. And I didn't know what they were. I hadn't. I didn't put two and two together and ascertain, well, those must be reproductions from the poem because they were so big. But as it came to pass, there were, I suppose, scans from actual prints made yes. with this Polaroid material. And made into banners. Made into, uh, you know, I guess they were large ink, inkjet prints or something like that. Mm-hmm. They were gorgeous. They were gorgeous. And that yeah. was the setup for the, uh, for the press conference. And then uh, there were some seats... You know, semi-circularly arranged around those prints, like a uh, like a Roman Colosseum, and uh, it was a real press conference. Yeah, it really was. Not, 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 not saying it, you know, I didn't expect mm-hmm. not. To, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, another big, big turnout. Yeah, it's press. packed. Every single really? seat was taken. Yes. yes, that's awesome. And people yes. were standing. Yeah. Wow. Yes, it was. It was packed. So the impossible project is because I didn't know this. Like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Well, it's three guys, three gentlemen. Dr. Florian Caps, he's the founder and head of marketing. Andre Bossman, he's the founder and head of research. And Marwa Saba, he's the fa- founder and head of finance. How many founders are you allowed to have three, in a company? I call them the big three. Okay. The one guy was just the money guy. He really yeah. said anything. He didn't say anything. He had yeah. a smirk on his face. He, spent he knew a lot he had of money. money. He was like, oh. <laughs> in fact, what someone said to him, and this is not a secret, he admitted this. They said, how much money have you spent thus far just to get to the point we are capable of manufacturing a commercial product at retail? And he said, about two and a half million euro. What does that translate into American dollars? What is that like? Was it at least double, right? American dollars? Well, yeah. you have to go, go, by the, go by the euro. I mean, well, what's the euro let's make worth? believe that American I know the American dollar is as strong. You know, it's, it's two and a half million dollars. Not anymore, but... Well, even two and a half million three. dollars is... Over three million U.S. dollars. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a, that's, that's so, I mean, for, for me, that may not may or may not seem like a lot of money, depending... It's, it's a small business venture. Let's it is. Discuss yeah, it. It's a it small... Is. It, it is. Yeah, in the know. scope but of the business world, But still, it's like yeah. three million dollars spent on something that you don't even know anyone's going to want, right. which is kind of amazing that someone would do that in this economy. Mm-hmm. So, I, again, I'm just saying I'm impressed with what they did. Yeah. And the, the American representative was Dave Bias. He's Impossible America Corp. And he's running the, the uh, United States arm of it and that loft space is his gallery slash office yes slash to be retail store oh he said he's going to sell stuff out of there why don't we uh hear what he has to say okay after the uh the press conference was over with we went up to him yes and uh, we interviewed we tried to interview a lot of people but it was very crowded and difficult to do so but he was very accessible to us and uh this is a little bit of what he had to say and here's dave I'm uh, Dave Bias. I'm the Vice President for Impossible America, the U.S. arm of the Impossible Project. Now, you refer to this as your office. We are sitting in a loft, standing in a loft in Soho in New York City. And uh, how is this your office? Is this also a gallery space as well? 
Yeah, we decided rather than uh, you know having four different rents to pay that we would try to do it all in one big space. So we got this gorgeous loft. It's on the fifth floor of a classic Soho iron front building. Uh, it's everything I think you see in the movies when you talk about a loft. And so when we walked in, when our real estate agent showed us this, we were just blown away. And it's it's a gorgeous space. It has more than enough room for us to have our, our office with our staff because we actually have a small staff here in the U.S. And then we have a, a gorgeous exhibition space. We have these 15-foot ceilings with clear walls so we can show off a lot of great artwork. And then eventually, uh, I think probably by the end of April, we're going to be open to the public as sort of a showroom retail store. And we'll have uh, our film and cameras uh, here for sale to the public. So in this very space where we're standing right now, it eventually will be open to the public. They'll be able to come in, look at things, and buy things. Of course, of course. That's the whole plan is that this is, this is the place that anyone in America, when they're visiting New York, they can come by, they can speak to us personally, they can see what we're doing on a, on a more intimate level than maybe with the website. They can buy some of our film, buy some cameras. And as far as the exhibition part of it, uh, it's going to rotate periodically. We haven't really decided how often yet. Uh, our first show is up right now. Uh, that was uh, these uh, 20 to, uh, 40 test photographers around the world who all used our first experimental film and produced some really amazing images. And this is going to stay up for, I'd say, probably at least the first three or four months that we're open. And then we'll be inviting artists from time to time to come by uh, to submit stuff to us, and we'll be uh, doing shows. It's not going to be a, a gallery, per se, like where the stuff is for sale. It's really just going to be an exhibition space to show off what you can do with, with our products. Now, during the press conference, we heard from three gentlemen, or two, and very much what their involvement was was in the research, the technical end of things, the business end of things, the production, the manufacturing. What is it that you do? with the Impossible Project that really differs from what they do. Yeah. Well, um, I come to this as a fan. I was the co-founder of SavePolaroid.com, mm -hmm. and I, I spent uh, a, a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, who's going to make this film that I love so much. And uh, it, it turns out that the guys in Austria were paying attention to what I was doing, and they, they called and met with me in, um, it's been the fall of 2008, and... Ever since then, I've been working in some capacity for this project, uh, mostly as um, almost like a translator, you know, to, to, to take uh, the, the German-speaking Viennese uh, main office and sort of translate it into English. Um, but also, you know, we need people on the ground here in the U.S. You know, the U.S. is a huge part of the Polaroid instant market. Um, the... And the fact that we, we have people here who can travel, who can speak to people, especially here in New York. There's so many museums and, and institutions here in New York. So what I do is pretty much anything that needs to be done. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of the director. I have to manage the staff. I have, uh, you know, lots of duties as far as managerial kind of stuff. I, you know, organized all the construction for the space. I set up the corporation. I deal with the fulfillment company that ships all the film to our customers. So it is, it's some customer service. It's, it's keeping those things together. And then on occasion, I, I do some marketing as well. So it, it's, it's, I, I wear many hats, uh, never one for any length of time. But, you know, it, I'm kind of here to, to do what needs to be done so that the people in the States know about what we're doing, uh, know why we're doing it, and, uh, and have some film to buy. If our listeners would like to learn more about this and more about this space in particular, where can they go, website, whatever? 
Well, our main website is theimpossibleproject.com. Uh, you can type that with or without dashes between the words. Um, once the space is finished and fully open to the public, we'll have a page on theimpossibleproject.com that shows off the space and, and has some images and has our business hours and these kind of things. Uh, so the best way to really keep in touch with what we do is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. We have a newsletter that goes out every week. We're, we're a no-spam kind of operation. We, we keep it short and sweet. And you can sign up for that very easily online at uh, theimpossibleproject.com. Well, thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. And good luck to you. All right, thank you very much. Well, that was Dave Bias. Man of many hats. Impossible Project USA. And uh, indeed, they're up and running. And the first week of April, I'm so sorry, the last week, the last week of March, they, um, the, the Impossible Project released the PX100 film. Now, we shot a image of Dwayne, and I have to say, I'm so jealous that I'm going to ask John to light me and him shoot an image of me, because I mm. want one, too. It looks, um, it looks, I'm trying to put, put it into words what it looks like. Fabulous. It looks like a a dream version of a 1930s publicity shot for Hollywood. Am I depressing the red button? Yes. Now, when you press is anybody the red listening? Button, I just had a fantastic thought. John, hold that thought, John. Aww. Now, when you press the button, yes, there was the delay of the shutter opening. So hold the camera perfectly still until the, the until the uh, image ejects. You mean unlike you did with mine? I did not. Hence the blur. Maybe. Oh. Also, also, could you shoot a little high because of my double chin? (laughs) (laughs) That's probably why you're pretty close to me, John. Oh, okay. What is this film speed rated at? that away. Ooh, it's so nice and blue. Like 10? 100. I got to get the light so freaking close. Well, you're going to take a picture of me too, right? That, that was the last shot. Oh. I have another roll in the back. What a jip. Where did you uh, get the roll from? Impossibleproject.com. Oh, you uh, through the mail? Yes, I did. Yeah. It's 22 U.S. dollars. Shipping reasonable? In the U.S., yes. I saw some online blurbs about shipping. That was $14. Whoa. That's ridiculous. I know that's ridiculous, but it's not the Impossible Project's fault. You no. Know, it's shipping internationally... Shipping's gone up. Fuel surcharges. My God. Yeah. So um, that was Dave. We interviewed Dave. Um, PX100 is now out. Uh, there's there's many uh, there's many groups on Flickr for it, but there's one main one called PX100 mm-hmm. that actually has a gallery of all images that photographers have been uh, uploading of images they shot with PX100 film. Now, do you think anybody's into uh, scanning these and retouching them at all? I mean, is that the next phase, or is this just such a unique thing that it is what it is? What's the next step with this? I think one of the reasons why people want to use this is because what it it produces on that actual piece of of material is it. That's it. It's finished. Well, Dwayne, for our listeners out there, can you describe the film? Because I don't know if we even went into detail. You mean the look of it? No, like the facts, that it's monochrome. Uh, well, the film itself, I would classify it as a very low contrast sepia. Okay. What that means is, in, sepia basically means is it's sort of brownish. Right. It's sort of mocha in color. If you've ever seen uh, photographs by the photographer Edward Curtis at the turn of the uh, 19th and 20th centuries who did the photographs of the Native Americans, it has kind of that look to it, that yep. brownish, almost aged look to it. But it's very low contrast. You're not going to get deeply... Black. 
deeply black blacks right. and really crisp whites. It's very sort of muted. For that reason, it's it's very very well suited for people who want to use it in an artistic sort of way. Yes. And I think there's certain sort of images that are conducive to it and some that aren't. So you kind of have to have, I would say, a really, really open mind when using it. Right. Um, some some of the images on that and that Flickr site are beautiful. I mean, they're people who get it. They just understand, you know, yeah. it's supposed to look that way. It's supposed to look artistic. I'm sorry, go ahead. Don't yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's supposed to have that kind of low contrast right. CPU look. What What is the URL of there? How could someone get to this gallery, John? It's uh, flickr.com slash groups slash px100 slash pool. Oh, awesome. Um, but you can tell on here, this, some photos look black and white. Some just look sepia. Some look autumnal, like with a brown. And then there's some that have like a auburn type hue to it. I wonder if people are making minor adjustments in yeah. Adobe Photoshop. Well, it seems to be that those that's the range of the of what the photographs look like. They all don't look brown or they all don't look sepia. Like some are black and white, some are higher contrast, some are just plain flat. You know. Right. So, I mean, I guess there is some range to yeah. what you can do with it. Releasing a new film and with the publicity behind uh, this film, I mean, it's been on many many sites, AP News. It does, Dwayne, you said you went online and looked at reviews. and what It does, people do get emotional and intense online responding. Like some people get very intense. They're super opinionated about it. Super Well, I mean what, against it or for it? Both. Or both. Both, yeah. Well, why would you get so PO'd against it? It's just like because, don't use it or think about well, it. Well, we talked about this before. On online posting sites like APUG and Flickr, mm. people... You know, people sit at home. It's late. Maybe they had a bad day. Am I right or am I right? Oh, sure. Vent online. Vent, yeah. You're a jerk if you like this film. As someone who uses a a 4x5 view camera, there's a a developer that's kind of esoteric called Pyrogalol. It's also known as Pyro, and it stains the negative a particular color. And there's a, there's a, a contingent of people who like it. And other people, well, you're crazy, it's toxic, and don't you know that Rodinol and D76 are your record, 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 you know, and they just like, they want, they want to kill each other, it's like, come on, it's just a developer, if you don't like it, don't uh, use it. You made me snort, that's good. What's record, record, record? PX100 for, you know, Uncle Louie's 80th birthday party? No. No, well, maybe, you know. A secondary camera. Yes, not for to document the whole thing, but it, I, I mean, if you go on the Flickr site and you look, there's a couple of portraits there. Yes. That are cool. Absolutely. They're very, uh, they, they're very striking and they're good for what they are. Do you want to shoot every portrait of your kid growing up with this film? No, but I think it's pretty cool to have that kind of an image. Do you want to go to a car show and photograph one of the bikini models in front of a Shelby GT with it? I don't think so. No. I don't think you'd want to. Although it might look, no, it wouldn't look yeah. cool at all. It would look. Strangely enough, and I'm trying to find the bridge here because uh, two Where months. Where is that confounded bridge? Two, two months Tell me earlier. Where that's from. Two months earlier, John Pollock, he's the chief marketing officer of Polaroid, mm-hmm. announced at the CES show that Polaroid is introducing a revised, a brand new, modernized, you know, a new one-step camera for 600 film. Polaroid is doing this. Polaroid is doing this. The company that currently owns the Polaroid that's, trademark. That's correct. But there was no reference of whether Polaroid is marketing film for it. I'm assuming No. What? So what, what, wouldn't, what sense does that make? Let's play the clip and let's yeah. see. This is from CES? Yes. This is the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. January 2010. Of this year. Yes. And Polaroid was there 
Yes. Talking about their new stuff. Kathy Johnson with Web Party is coming to you still from the Polaroid booth at CES. And we're here with, we're here with John Pollock, who's going to tell us a, a little bit about an, a new camera that, that um, has an old spin, but a new spin on it. So explain to us all the details. Yeah, about two and a half years ago, we actually uh, announced the end of life of Polaroid Instant Film. And when we did that, there was a huge upswelling of support for bringing the film back. Um, artists and photographers around the world have been clamoring for the format to come back because they like the creative aspect of it. And they like it because it's, it really represents Polaroid. And so um, back in November, and in this show right now, we're talking about how we're actually going to bring the instant film back. So how is it different than, than, the, old, than the old film? So the great thing about it is it's almost identical to the old film that everybody knows and loves. We're going to actually do a little twist on a new style of a camera that goes along with it. So the Polaroid one-step camera was one of the most popular instant film cameras of all times. And we're actually coming out with a new updated version of that one-step camera. You'll see that it has a lot of the one-step kind of look and feel, but it actually is a much more modern twist to it. When will this be available and talk about the pricing? So it'll be available in stores uh, for holiday 2010, so this year. Uh, and then the pricing is TBD, and we'll get some more details about that. Well, John Pollock, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, okay. thank you for the TBD, John. Yeah. That was Abby Hoffman. So basically, he's saying it's just going to be a cuter-looking camera. Well, Everything's I, you the know, same. I don't know, Dwayne. Maybe you, you've been to a lot of uh, you know electronic shows, yes? Uh, my share, yeah. Do companies go to shows and kind of vague? Like, it seemed vague, very vague. He mentioned a film. Is it be, are they, uh, My takeaway is that Polaroid is, is manufacturing the camera because... Impossible is making film for their cameras. Could be. Cause he, I mean, he didn't say. He didn't say. And he's, he's that's being, tricky. I yeah. can tell you that as of now, April, that the uh, camera, it's called the Pic 1000, and it go it sells for just under one hundred dollars. But there's no mention of a film. A film. Have you seen uh, the camera? Not in Was person, there a photo actually. of it, or yeah, it it looks very similar to the One Step One Thousand from nineteen seventy seven. Hmm. So, well, the proof of the pudding will be if we go to the uh, the Photo Plus show at the Jacob Javits Center in New York in October. Yes, they should darn well be there then. Especially if they're unleashing a new camera. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. So, I mean, the Consumer Electronics Show is well, it's electronics and it's the adult video industry. It seems kind of like a strange place for them to do that. Right. Polaroid film, Polaroid 600 film, and uh, Polaroid 600 film, currently new, the unique photo in New Jersey stocks it, but the price is uh, $34.95. So they, you know, anyone who has Polaroid 600 film in stock has jacked the price. And on eBay, it's very expensive. The best place to get Polaroid film is theimpossibleproject.com. They have SX-70 film hmm. and the new PX-100. Oh. Hmm. So, well then, so that's that's it. That's our. Have we left anything out, Dwayne, about the so. new impossible? The final word will be the people who listen to the podcast. If right. people go to the site and check it out and chime in, let's hear what other people have to say. We we are, uh, you know, me personally. I mean, you know, I got a little Polaroid compulsive. <laughs> you think? Gee. Yeah, I was always a you know kind of a critic of Polaroid film. I was never really into it, but you know, this kind of got me excited. So we have a Polaroid. 600 camera to give away today. Wow. Sweet, dude. Can I win it? Am I eligible? 
No, John, you cannot win it. <gasps> oh. So we're giving away a Polaroid One Step 600 and a roll of uh, 600 film. The Impossible Project is supposed to release a 600 film later this year. Mid-year, they said. That'll be interesting. It's supposed to be color. Ugh. That's what I really want to see. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, we're giving away. You're doing it right now. Right this second oh. one, because we're talking about the Polaroid. Great. John, you do the honors? Yeah, John gets the pick. Make sure you mix it up. Und? The winner is... Why don't we let... I picked it, so Dwayne, you can okay. who the winner is. The winner is nobody. Oh, this would be the winner, I think? Yeah, yeah. The winner is Chris Nielsen, and he's from Hamilton, New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. The what? shipping costs. Once again, shipping costs. Hey. Well, congratulations, Mr. Nielsen. Thank you for listening. You are the proud wow. owner yeah. of a Polaroid camera. Spreading the love to New Zealand. That's well, awesome. we have. in the pe- we, we gave away a camera in previous podcasts to New Zealand. Is that you know, right? I think we need to move the podcast, Dwayne, quite frankly. I think we need to <laughs> record go it to abroad. We need to go to New Zealand. We yeah. need to go to Auckland. We have as many international listeners as we do U.S. Oh. So it's, 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 isn't the world a small community now with the internet? It certainly is. Well, so awesome. This is awesome. Well, congratulations. You're a citizen of the world, John. <laughs> I, I, for the first time, I actually feel like it. I got to wow. say. He's a citizen of the, the world. The phone book was the first big step. Like, wow, you know, I'm somebody. Now it's like. <sighs> hey, quick break to give a plug to uh, Greg Dumont. Greg Dumont. Greg Dumont is our webmaster, and he has a site called KillerReviews.com. Mm-hmm. KillerReviews.com. What does he review? It's a pop culture site that has um, everything: music, movies. Yep, mostly books, movies, movies, food, movies, magazines, food, movies, food, movies. Killerreviews.com. He is a friend of the Film Photography Podcast. Yes. Please do visit his site. Thank you. Killerreviews.com. Killerreviews.com. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking about black and white developing and printing. But right now, I have to tell you about a letter we got from Rick Dickinson. Where's Rick from? Rick is from Van Nuys, California. Oh. And Van reason, Nuys? Yes. I've been to Van Nuys many yeah, times. me too. So far I've been in... Have from, you? Yeah. Are you in Van Nuys? Absolutely. For work. Oh, yeah. It's in California. The Valley. Food Network shooting restaurants. They shoot in uh, Van Nuys located? 1996. I didn't know that. Yeah. The reason that uh, Rick wrote us was because he, fo- he found out about a film photography podcast, now known as FFP. On something called, he said, a poster, you know, someone who posts. Mm-hmm. A poster on photocamel.com turned me on to your podcast, and I have to say I'm enjoying them. Photocamel? Yeah. A few fewer sound effects would be nice, but overall, you're, ah. they're, they're <laughs> blast. So I'm, I'm thrilled, and the reason I'm reading this is because, folks, if you like the podcast, please do spread the love. Yeah, definitely. You know, Word so, of mouth. Word of mouth. Please do tell, please do tell people. And the sound effects are staying in! <laughs> Please do tell people about us. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please leave a review of our podcast. That would be fantastic. And if you're listening to it on an iPad, and is that possible yet? It is possible. Yeah. An iPad? Yeah. Do you have an iPad, John? No, I don't need one. I don't have one either. No, it's it's basically to read books and read newspapers and show people. It's a It's a big wallet. I just changed over my phone in my house to, from rotary to push button, so... You did not. I'm a little bit behind the wave here. Oh, Bob, maybe you did. No. Hey, John, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> the Pink Delicates music. It's a 5 x 
Delicate's music fits because it's cool and upbeat, just like the show. Keep it up. Tell John he's a damn good drummer, too. Hey, damn thanks. good. And Dwayne, on top of your technical photographic prowess... Prowess? Prowess? Prowess. You, prowess. You, you, I'm murder. You murdering the English language uh, today. Was it Kodakom? Kodakom. Poda. You're like a jerky boy skit. <laughs> Go to comb. Go to comb. Go to comb. Poda. He's coding. Ross is coding. Okay. Oh my goodness. On top of your technical photographic prowess. He said it again. Prowess. <laughs> prowess. Your singing during the show isn't too bad either. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Wow. Right. If you guys have an extra CD, I'd love to have one. We sent one, too. This is from Ron Mori. He's in Torrance, California. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Send them, too. Yeah. Give to people. Give to friends. Oh. He's a lonely man there in the corner. But he's waiting for... Uh, a few months ago, we gave away a Canon FTB. That was our runner-up prize. Runner-up. Rebecca Darren won it. She's in Edmonds, Washington. I hope you're yes. enjoying that. Yeah. I've been to Edmonds, Washington, I think. Beautiful. Mm, you no. got me there. I haven't. Dwayne, this is for you. In the shadow of Mount Rainier? Go ahead. This is from... Uh, he- Henrik Bengston. I pronounced that Swedish word. It's from Phil, my pockets. Henrik? Who was that from? This is from a Mr. Henrik, I would say, Bengtsson. B-E-N-G, Bengtsson. 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 Now he tells and he's us- from Olaf Holmes. Wow. Where is he from? Iceland? No. Boras, Boras, no, Boras Sweden. Hmm? He responds about the... Remember we talked about Luddite? Read the second Sorry paragraph. for butchering okay. your name. We came across the, uh, the word Luddite a couple of podcasts ago, and we were debating back and forth as to the definition. And uh, Henrik wrote in, as for Luddite, it is not a L-O-T-R reference, Lord of the Rings, as you suspected, but rather a historical uprising of artisans who rebelled against the mechanized looms in the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. So there were artisans, and somebody introduced a mechanized loom. I guess they were losing their jobs, Mm -hmm. and they were called Loomites. Are you sure? Uh, because Luddites. I think the term is Luddites. You're a Luddite. Luddite. People Luddite. say, you know, if you if you don't embrace technology, like you with your rotary phone, you're a Luddite because you won't oh. embrace the new technology. But there is a common usage of that term, mm. and that's for is that for someone who's rebelling against anything that's someone, new? Someone, yeah, I guess against technology. Oh, you're a Luddite. You're a Luddite. Luddite. I say Luddite. You say Luddite. I Luddite. say Luddite. Let's call the whole thing off. Well, in the 70s, if you were a guy who sold lewds, hey, I'm not going there. <laughs> You're a ludite. You're a ludite. It's pretty funny. That's Thank a good you. That's a good one. Thank you so much, Henrik. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I shoot film like there was no tomorrow. Everything from a brownie number two from awesome. 1914 to a 4x5 horseman. Well, nice he's, he's going to have to get uh, some, uh, some Polaroids. This gentleman's in uh, Melbourne, and apparently... Uh, if you go there, they'll put you up, Dwayne. Maybe read that letter. Okay. Let's go. Let's go down under. Cheers, Mike. BTW, 
I cannot get Kodachrome processed in Australia, only at Dwayne's in the States. Yeah, I forgot it. to mention, to Dwayne, that being me, also that I love Ansel Adams' books and read them over and over and often get to see an original print of Storm Clearing Over Yosemite in the photographic gallery at the NGV National Gallery of Victoria here in Melbourne. I sat in there the other day for about an hour going back and forth between Steichen's Moonrise, a couple of Westons, and Ansel, among others. They also have some massive cibachromes of Peter Dombrovsky's photos of Tasmania, which hooked me onto photography in the first place. Thanks again. If ever you or Dwayne make it to Melbourne, Australia, I would be happy to look after you. Well, if you're a medicine person, you might change your mind. What about me? John, you're on May your own. Uh, we have a spare room. We'll have to check with the missus first, but I'm sure we will work something out. Phil, that is such a kind thing to say, oh, and thank you for awesome. writing in. We may, awesome. There may be a day, Dwayne, where we I, put our backpacks on and just go. <laughs> we are not kidding. No, we're not We'll kidding. be soggy by the time we got there. Do the podcast from around the world. We should. This letter is from the Dirty South. The Dirty South? What's it says, we? greetings from the Dirty South. Yeah. After Did they call it the Dirty South? Yes, some people do. If, I've never. What does that mean? Uh, you know, I don't know. Like it's unkempt? No. Soiled? I couldn't tell you. I've heard the phrase before. Maybe it has something to do with music. I don't know. Unfortunately, this gentleman, uh, John LaPierre, he, uh, he he threw his hat in to get the Agfa clack, but we already gave it away, unfortunately. Aww. But uh, he says the his favorite sound effect is the Google. The Google. Love the scream, too. No, don't do it, John. What, the Wilhelm scream? I have the Wilhelm scream. Nah, we don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, thanks for introducing me to the Pink Delicates. It's a 486. All right. The music, John LaPierre. Thanks, John. Yeah, Kevin's an awesome. Do you guys uh, play out in clubs where I could actually go see you? Not as the Pink Delicates. There hasn't been too much uh, clamor for us. Oh, really? No. Uh, we used to play out in the city quite a bit, but. You know, we're kind of uh, more or less studio musicians, so we enjoy hey, crafting man. the we're songs. Just, we're like Steely Dan, okay? We just like... I'm looking up the origins of the word. This, this, is, from, this is from Christer Hansen Erickson. This is Christer Hansen Erickson. And uh, I'm a 20-year-old self-taught photographer who started off with a DSLR, a Canon EOS 450D, just over a year ago. Just around January this year, I bought my first film camera. It was an old Adox Polymat 1S 35mm camera from the 50s. Since then, I have gone completely wacko. Wacko. Now, all I want to do is shoot film. All right. I love the whole process involved with shooting film. It's really a craftsmanship. I'm sure you feel the same way. All I want to do is have some fun. Hey, um... You know, I think it's great that people understand that shooting film is a craft. It is a craft. And not just like p- pushing a button on a digital thing just to document. Absolutely. And that's why you like it because there's so many steps involved in the process of it. Mm-hmm. And when you finally mastered those processes or at least gotten them under the control to the point where you can achieve consistent results, you feel like you've mastered a craft. Yes. Like you point. learned a language or, you know, you're a uh, scrimshaw guy. Scrimshaw ain't easy. Okay. Hey, the Dirty South is the following states. Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, North, and South Carolina. And that phrase was made popular some 10 years ago. Why that's the Dirty South, though? Was it dirty? I don't know. The Dirty South in the U.S. of A. Maybe because of the river? Mississippi River? Maybe because the Mississippi... river go through there? You've got a river called the Mississippi, don't you? 
and it overflows its backs and it's absolutely filthy. That's right. It's, it's maybe it's what it is. It's what it is. Yeah. Mississippi is just what it is. What? Do you it's just think filthy? How do you feel? How would you feel about Dwayne doing a a New York City meetup with some of our listeners if that came to be? Wow, be great. I always thought we should give a shout out to people out there who are in fact photographers on the East Coast. On the East Coast, because you know we are in the New York metropolitan area. We're in Jersey, and it's kind of hard to travel you know to Pittsburgh just to talk to someone for ten minutes. But um, if they would like to write in and they're a photographer and they shoot film, I would say any skill level doesn't matter. If you are mm-hmm. someone who is a student, mm-hmm. up to a, a photographer like George Tice's status who has gallery representation, perfectly fine. We would love to talk to you, love to hear from you. And uh, we could always set up a meeting place and just uh, you know do like a 10-minute interview. Shoot Let the bull. Shoot the bull. Uh, well, I think it's a great idea, yeah. Filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com if you're in the on the East Coast in the New York tri-state area. It's it's not out of the question for us to but maybe go to Manhattan. I would say like Eastern Pennsylvania. I really I've been I worked a lot this past summer with some modeling agencies in Philly, so I know Philadelphia pretty well. That's right. really cool. Uh, New Jersey, Southern New Jersey, New York City, Long Island, Southeastern Connecticut. I would drive all the way up to Connecticut, like Norwalk is cool. What would we do? What would we what would we do? We would we would maybe correspond with the person on email to discuss what their level of photography is, what kind of things they're interested in, then we could actually meet up and do an interview, you know, like we've done with the people oh, at the shows. that's great. That's what I thought you were meant. Yeah. Do something, do something like that. Or we can do a photo excursion, go out and shoot. Actually, sure, we could do that. Oh, that would be even more fun. Yeah. Yeah, meet up and go shoot some photography. I, I like to think that what we're doing here... Right? Was, <laughs> meet up and... Uh, Shoot some photography and maybe get get a cappuccino afterwards. I I think what we're doing here, I like to think what we're doing is just the beginning. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking of, you know, broadening. I I think of what we do as the film photography collective and doing the podcast. Because I think there's so much potential of doing a meetup, photo excursion. uh, One of the the things that's unique about what we do, and Mike Mike and I kind of discussed this when we started, is the fact that we don't mind going to places and we don't mind talking to people which I think is a rarity because it's a lot of work to do that. It's a lot of work to go into the city, park your car, walk to a place, get admission, wait around, interview someone and come back. It's like mm-hmm. a full day's worth of work. Yeah. And it's something I think we, we all genuinely enjoy doing. So, And I think it's, it's a dimension to this podcast that really separates it from – some other ones that I've heard where people sit around saying, hey, you know, I just really think that, you know, we just, let's go someplace and talk to somebody. The film is brown. It's brown. It looks brown. Why is it brown? Well, we went, like out, we went no, out there to find out why it's brown. We went out there to, That's right. you know, to go to the thing and, and, and put forth the yeah. extra effort. And I, so, yes. I looked up the dirty South for crying out loud. Really? Under and, Google. And he's sweating now. I am. I'm emotional. Passing my tissue. So, so yeah, I don't even my know point you. being, I think it's a great idea if there are anybody who has a gallery show they're interested in, anybody yeah. that, or they just want to, you know, be part of the podcast and right. talk to us, uh, give, give us, you know, drop us a line, let us know what you're about. Mm, right. Yeah, it'd be good to be, go to some photographic events where, uh, i.e., a gallery showing of someone's. We work never or went something. to the the Lomo one. No, uh, we could meet at the Lomo. We could we could meet at the Impossible Project Gallery. Oh, oh, oh. Ah. Perfect, right? You're saying perfect? I'm saying yes. Or perfect. at the upcoming show. What's the show coming up in October? Uh, the upcoming show is That would is be the, even uh, better. Photo District News, Photo East Expo. It changes its name every two years. That's at the Jacob Javits Center. That's in October. That's a ways away, that's, that's a That's a great idea, though, because the person, let's say someone's traveling a little mm-hmm. bit. At least they're traveling to do something other right. than just talk to us. Well, right. we'll have to find out what some of the events are. Uh, right. I have a few letters here, which leads into our topic discussing about black and white 
Processing of mm-hmm. negatives. We've been talking for an hour already. We have to get to this. And printing. The first letter is from Melissa Hodges. Hello, Melissa. She's in Franklin, Tennessee. Is that the Dirty South? No. I didn't think so. Tennessee isn't? No, I don't think I said Tennessee. Don't get pissed. Melissa, I, she says, I was drawn back into film by the Holga, which is great. A lot of people are shooting the no, Holga. No, it is. I'm sorry. You're right. It is. It is a Dirty South. Okay. A lot of people are shooting the Holga, the Diana, and really getting back into the swing of things because of Lomo. Mm-hmm. Lomography. Lomo! I can't wait for your show on black and white home developing. Well, this is it! <laughs> no, wait, we may have to break it up into a couple different shows because, you know, we could talk about intense. that for a long, long time. Okay, well, we're going to do our best. We'll, we'll, be start, we'll start it and, you know, we'll get into... I feel a bit stupid sending it off since I know how easy it is to develop and have never done it before. Mm -hmm. I think your podcast will push me to invest a changing bag and chemicals in the near future. It's fun. It is fun. Thanks for bothering to do it. Great to listen to to others with the same obsessive compulsive disorder. That's... Well, that's me, definitely. I'm obsessed yeah, with film. Down. I'm obsessed with 4x5 sheet film. I yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. go on eBay for two hours at night looking at the different esoteric films from the Czech Republic. Like, Efki, somebody's making this in the Czech Republic, and I gotta have a box. It's a problem. <laughs> You're it insane. It, it's a problem. Well, this gentleman okay. is from Norway. Well, didn't the girl have a question? The young lady? No, she just wants to... She wants to get into it. She says oh, she's okay. excited. Let's this is, talk yeah, about black yeah. and white development. I can't believe I'm sending my film out either. Jeez. Yeah. Don't send black and white film out to be processed. That's no. insane. insane. We used to do it in college. You get yeah. that little canister where that's, you roll it up. That's where right? I met John Fidelli, the man across the uh, table from me right now. I that's met right. you in the... I met John in the dark room. That's right. <laughs> you emailed me a letter that somebody wrote in. Do you have that letter? It was yes. A, let's, let's start... Let's read that and then we'll, well get... I, yeah, well, almost there. This is from... Asmund from Norway. Mm-hmm. Asmund from Norway. He says, I want to get into developing black and white, but I'm clueless. I have a Patterson tank for, and well need made. some tips on what chemicals to buy. I currently own a lot of Ilford HP5. Mm. Good film. Wonderful film. Does this affect what developer I should buy? Now hold your thoughts, Dwayne. You should be taking notes. I don't need to. That's why. All right. Okay. Catherine okay. Zodro from New Haven, Connecticut. Cocky Dwayne. She You're says, like the waiter um, with 50 people who doesn't write anything down. I don't need to. Catherine right. asks about darkroom techniques. So that's actually the printing process, which is, I mean, some people are going to develop their negatives and they just scan them. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people are going to want to go the next step. And print them. And print them. So, Catherine, hold on. We'll get to that. Let's see what uh, Jesse McIntyre. Jesse McIntyre says, I bought myself an enlarger for my birthday. Nice. Oh, so here we're talking about printing again. Do you want to hold mm-hmm. off on printing? Well, they, let's start with the developing. They both the tie negative. in. They do. There's overlap in terms of of different issues. But yeah, I mean, you know, you could devote different segments to each one of them. But I think you read the letter. Well, yeah, Jesse actually is is talking about uh, developing as well. So she bought an enlarger, but I haven't done any developing printing in a few years, and I've never done it on my own. I was wondering if you could help me a bit. How do I know which chemicals work with which fil- what films and papers? I am just doing black and white, so it should be fairly simple. In a book I've been reading, it says that Kodak developer, stop bath, and fixer can be used on the film and the paper, but I wasn't sure if that was true only with a specific type or brand film paper. So I guess Jesse's Mm -hmm. asking, is it the same chemicals to to develop the film as it is to print the paper? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a really good question. And if you've ever gone to a website or you've looked in a catalog... 
under the developer section, especially a place that carries a lot of stuff like Freestyle, there's just brand after brand after brand of film developer and paper developer. And the thing that you should bear in mind is that all of them work. All of them work. A paper developer will develop film and a film developer will develop paper and, you know, vice versa. But the thing of it is, so then how do you choose? Which one do you choose? Well, the reason why they all work is that I'm going to tell you a little mnemonic device, a little word that you used to understand without getting too technical how this stuff works. It's called DARP. And every developer has in it a developer, an accelerator, a restrainer, and a preservative. And the way film works is this. It's just plastic, and it has on it what's called a silver salt. It's silver chloride or silver bromide. And a developing agent is actually a reducing agent, and it removes that bromide or it removes that chlorine ion, and you're, you have metallic silver, which is what the negative is. Just metallic silver on that S-star, that polyester, that plastic base. Well, a lot of things do that. A lot of, a lot of developing it. Coffee will do it. Mm-hmm. Mike wanted to try coffee as a developer because it has caffeinol in it. And caffeinol is a reducing agent and it will remove that bromine and it will remove that, that chlorine ion and give you metallic silver so it will work. But the thing of it is, it gives you different char- different kind of developing agents, give you different characteristics in terms of film speed, in terms of graininess, in terms of tonality. There's a lot of variables. A lot of variables. So that's why there are so many different types of developers. And, and do, do the developers list, or you just it's trial and error? Some what, of them you do. See what's better, this is better for this. Exactly. Uh, some of them do. Some of them, the manufacturers say things, and you wonder if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. You know. But I'll tell you, certain developers uh, for film and, and what they do, and you can make – you can use Kodak Developer on Ilford Film – you can get old Agfa film and use Ilford Developer. Don't feel right. any sort of uh, developer is not proprietary. No, it's to not. The film. Like or I said, you know, developing paper. agents are the same whether they're paper or whether they're uh, they're film. They're used interchangeably uh, to a degree. I mean, certain ones are better than others. But uh, here are my favorites, and this is the ones I think you might want to choose if you're developing film. Rodinol. Ever hear Rodinol? Agfa Rodinol. I've heard of Rodinol, but I thought it was something to kill. Uh, rats. <laughs> Agfarodinol is a paraphenylene diamine, I believe, developing agent, and it's great for two reasons. It's super sharp. Super, mm-hmm. super sharp. You got negatives and you want them to be super, super crisp and sharp, choose Rodinol, and you can develop it 1 to 25, 1 to 50, 1 to 100, so it's real versatile in terms of dilution. All around great developer to mix from scratch is D76. It's metol, hydroquinone, it's borax. And I believe it's also sodium sulfite. And the great thing is you can just buy those powders from like photographer's formulary and just keep them in jars and they last forever. They'll last 50 years. And anytime you want to mix up developer from scratch, hmm. you can just go ahead and use it. And D76 works great with old type films like like Tri-Xpan plus Xpan works equally well with tabular grain films like T-Max 400 okay, and 100. I'm going to stop because I'm a novice. You know, me now, me, you're, me okay. too. I want to stop it too. So you got it, oh, John. No, I was I'm just going to like say two, now – well, you like to talk fast, but my brain cannot work as fast as you talk. <clears throat> now, you were saying you can buy the separate components. Yes. Do they come in liquid form? Or are they need uh, to add water? That's my question, too. Hey. Is it really? Hey. Oh, it's a beautiful Two question. dopes. Two dopes going on the same <laughs> wavelength. Well, I mentioned D76, which is metol. It's hydroquinone. It's sodium sulfite, and it's borax. And this is a Kodak product? These are just chemicals that, it, that are out there. Chemicals. Is one of them like an MOR? 
middle of the road, like, hey, this one's going to work great. It's going to give you a nice grain and can be used for all all well chemicals are chemical right chemicals are chemical it can make be made by a chemical house somewhere or you know right it's wherever you find or it. your nephew in the basement with exactly a little science kit so it, these things are liquid they're powder you just mix them your powder they're and you powder. add water and you mix them in certain quantities and you mix them with water and is, you have a developer is, is there a formula that comes with this stuff or you got to go online and find the a formula? best book ah that okay. you can get the single best book is a book called the Darkroom Cookbook. Oh, well, it sounds nice. like it could be the best book. It is the best book, and it's published and written by a friend of mine named Steve Anshell. I get no kickback. You know Steve? I do know Steve Anshell. And it's called The Darkroom Cookbook. Where can people find this? Um, Amazon? It's published by Focal Press. So if you go to www.focalpress.com, I'm sure it's certainly available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you just enter Darkroom Cookbook into the Google, the Google, you will get several different responses. Can I download it to my Kindle? Probably. Oh, great. So I think if you want sharpness, Rodinal is the way to go. Well, who wouldn't want sharpness? Someone who wants their prints to be super sharp. Who wouldn't want? Like I'm saying, like I don't know. Some people may, you know, like the soft edges, or you or know, someone who's piece. opting for some other characteristics. Someone who's opting for speed of development versus something else. Okay. Someone who really wants to push their film mm-hmm. and rate, you know, Tri X three twenty at twelve thousand. Oh. You know, so they're they're going to use maybe uh, another type of developer to give them a higher energy. Mm-hmm. So my point being. Different developers do different things. Right. So when you're choosing a developer for your film, right. the thing is you have to ask, well, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. Do I want fine grain? Do I want high speed? Do I want to develop it really, really quickly? Do I want to have... What's, uh, the, what's the benefit of developing it quickly? You're, you're, you're in a rush. Okay, well... You know, and some people are. Like some people shoot on the road and they want I to see. process their film in a hotel room. I see. I mean, that's a viable reason for doing it quickly. I mean, you're in a okay. rush. right. I don't think any of us are in a rush. But some people no. are. By the way, interesting segue or donut hole. We'll call this a donut hole. Donut On hole. eBay, because I'm also compulsively surfing eBay, I purchased uh, like 20 rolls of Panatomic X. Wow, and I haven't heard that in a long time. Tri-X. they got to be outdated. They're, they are outdated. <clears throat> I've had great experience with outdated black and white. Hmm. The FK film, which I talked about in like one of our first podcasts. FK? Uh, 1977 expiration. Mm-hmm. So this film, this Kodak film I just but purchased. But it's been in the fridge or? No. It's been sitting on it. It's great. Wow. So I, 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 so I've, exp- <laughs> so I've purchased some expired black and white film, more rolls than I can shoot. And I would like to share that with our listeners to kind of get in the swing of things of doing some developing at home. There you go. So film photography podcast at gmail.com. Drop us a note. Tell us that you are going to, you know, do some home developing. Even if you're not, that's okay, too. You know. I think send, some of the people whose emails we've written yeah. should definitely not have to write again to ask yeah. for it. Yeah, oh, okay. They don't have an address on there or something. If you'd like some black and white film, drop me a line. This is the, uh, Dear Mike, this I would like some black and white film. Patatomic X is I great with some. D76. Seriously. No, you get, you'll get some. I remember shooting on that in college. Absolutely. 1985. 32 ASA. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. I turned you onto it. Yeah, yeah. I think you must have. I was doing a big, bl- a big blow up. Was that th- that's in the, the dark room? Wow. And you're like, oh my god, the grain. John was like, the grain, the grain. And he's like, what is it? I said it's Panatomic X. I so said, I must have some. 
So if, if you're listening to the show on an archive and it's months and months past April 2010, then just drop me an email. This I probably won't have anymore, but if it's if it's current, if you're listening to a new show, drop me a line. We'll send you some film out. Great. Back to developing, Dwayne. Great. Well, let's just take somebody who just wants to get into it, who doesn't have any real criteria right now as far right. as where's what a good jumping off point. What, 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 do, what do you need? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What you're do you right. need? No, like, let's get a list together. Physical things do I need? You need a tank. Okay. How big a tank? Depends how big the film is and how many rolls you want to do. Okay, now you're just talking about going to a photography store and say, I need a tank. Whoa, and they'll be whoa, like, whoa. I know what you mean. I think photography it, store. No. There's one up the block. I got two in my store. And, uh, buy them online. You live in a go to eBay town. and get them. They're like $5. Oh, okay. If you live in a city, I think you can go to a photography store. Sure. You buy a photography tank, a little developing, film yeah. a film developing Now, this is tank. just exclusively for the negative, right? Just We're for the talking negative. talking about negative developing. Do Black you, and white, negative film. Okay. Do you need a small film changing bag or a dark room you need a place that will be dark to remove the film from the canister or the roll to load it mm-hmm. onto the reel yes a dark like black has to be no light black black I remember i used to have to wait at night to go into the linen closet and put uh towels underneath the door so there was no light spill to unspool and then re-spool it up into and did your mom bag. say john what are you doing there. Oh, I was gonna if say, somebody went into the bathroom, I was done. Did you ever go in there and your dad was like trying on your mom's clothes? <laughs> Once, but he said it was just because he had a cold. Okay. So wow. I had to wait till everybody was asleep in the house and go in there and then do that. And I remember it being a lot of fun because you're like, oh my god, the sense of accomplishment, yes, right? Because it's frustrating at first. Yes, it really is. It's like anything that you're trying to do in the dark and you can't see. And you need to manipulate, but you know, once you get the hang of it, it's, it's, it's. There's a feeling of accomplishment that goes along with it, no doubt. A rush. So you need the tank. Yes. And you need the reel. <laughs> yes. And uh, dark room. You need a dark room. Yes. You need a thermometer. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. All right. I forgot about that. It's all coming back. And you need. I like to have a pre-soak for the film, water with a drop or two of some anti-static agent. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you need the developer, and you need a stop bath, and you need fixer. The water before the developer does not do anything, no harm done? It'll wash off the anti-halation layer. So sometimes when you pour the water out, you'll see a color in it. And people think, oh my God, the, I've ruined I, it. I've ruined it. But no, it's fine. Wow. What it does is it allow, it swells the emotion on the film a bit and it allows the developer to start developing more evenly, more quickly. Hmm. So what's a good, let's say, what's a good Kodak brand? Well, D76 is the stuff I was just talking about, and you can buy that in packages so you don't have to go out and buy all the individual components and mix it yourself. These days, do they come in individual packets? You mean like a little uh, tea bags? Yeah, like a little... I've never like seen... A one, like a one-use I've never thing. seen it. Uh, someone sent me, uh, one of our listeners, I'm sorry if I don't know who, because I didn't keep the little note, sent me a little sent me a little thing of Tetanol. What's it called? Tetanol? It's Kodak, right? Tetanol is a German brand, no. Maybe he didn't send me that. Or HC, other Kodak products are HC110, which is a, a syrup, a thick syrup you just pour in. Hmm. I don't get it. And uh, another Kodak developer is Extol. Extol. That was going to be my super, uh, uh, my super human uh, name if I ever became a superhero. Was it really? Yeah. Mine was going to be Doug. That's brilliant. So that's the stuff you basically need. You need a film developing tank. You need a reel, a dark place to load the film. You need a thermometer. You mm-hmm. need a graduate cylinder or some sort of beaker that's demarked so mm-hmm. you can measure the uh, amount of solution. 
and you need the pre-soak, you need the developer, you need the stock bath, you need the fixer. Now, here's my question. Uh, uh, the developer is one use only? Uh, can it, you say it this depends. Stuff? It depends. Uh, D76 is in general one use. You can use HC110 over and over again. Rodinol is one shot. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Xtol is one shot. Mm, Accu1 is one shot. Diafine's one shot. Mm-hmm. Techno- uh, tech- this is Kodak Technidol liquid developer. And this is a one shot packet to be used to process Kodak technical pan film. Oh, Jeez. get out. To, the reason why they make this is Kodak Technical Pan Film is an overly red-sensitive film used for scientific applications, and it's way, way, way too contrasty. This is a low-contrast developer so that people can shoot and process Kodak Tech Pan Film the way they would like D, like Tri-X. That's insane. A listener sent me this with a roll of Tech Pan Film. Okay, cool. that's what it's for. Yeah, well, thank you for everyone out there that sent me like a little package. Because, you know, we send lots of film out, and occasionally someone will send something back to me saying, you need to try this, you should check this out. Mm-hmm. So he sent me that and the film, and I was, uh, you know, like many listeners right now listening, thinking, oh my God, how am I going to get into this? I'm sort of in the same boat. I didn't put the two and two together. Mm-hmm. I didn't figure it out, because I just didn't know. Stoops. <laughs> Stoops. And I'm a little scared right now, because I haven't done it since college. Mm-hmm. I don't like Kodak Tech Pan film, because... It has no grain in it at all, so therefore really? I find it a little bit soft. It's high resolution, but it's very, very soft so, in terms of, of edge. So that's for a, very, for a particular type of film. It's if you want to take – it's only for tech pan film. Only. Let me let me throw a real curveball here. What if you take a roll of color C41 film and develop it in black and white chemistry? What happens? I don't know, Mike. What happens when you drink gasoline? I don't know. <laughs> you burp a lot. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't know. know. I've never tried it. Try it and see what happens. <laughs> Will be the topic of. I don't uh, know. What happens if you drink month? petrol? Well, don't has, drink and smoke at the what same happens time. Happens when you start guzzling petrol. I don't know what happens. I've I've had I've by mistake like had bar, gas. It's like Bart Simpson. Well, we used to siphon during the during the seventies when there was a gas crisis. Right. We had a car. Yes. With my buddies and used to go and siphon gas out of people's tanks and every once in a while you get a, a mouthful of yes, gas. It's yes. It's horrible. Comes like, out your nose. It's terrible. It's like Bart Simpson. He's in catechism class and he's like raises his hand. And he's like. If, if I put my brain in the body of a robot, when, I, when that robot dies, will the soul go to heaven? Dwayne, <laughs> will that? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Yes, yes Mike, yes, it yeah. will. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So what do we do here? Where were we, John? Uh, we were talking about now we've got all our materials got together. The, we we made tank. a checklist. And we have all our Dwayne's stuff. Dwayne's getting together. agitated. He's like, look, just send never it let me finish. He's like, send it to Dwayne's, okay? Just send <laughs> the roll of film to Dwayne's, and that's it. You're done. You get your negatives back? No. If you really, 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 truly want to get into black and white film developing, here's a book that you want to get. Oh. It is the Bible. Trust me when I tell you it is the Bible on black and white film developing. It is called The Negative by Ansel Adams. I'm holding it up so the guys can see it. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, lovely. Uh, the Negative. It's a big, thick book. And it's available. You see it. It's st- Even though Ansel Adams is no longer with us and passed away in the 80s, this book lives on in its original form. It's available in paperback for like 10 or $11. Mm-hmm. You find it on Amazon, and it's w- it's well, well, well worth uh, reading. It's a little bit overly complex and overly technical, but it covers a lot of ground in terms of film processing from 35 millimeter up until sheet film, and uh, you know, it's something you want to check out. Mm-hmm. So two good books to have by your side. 
while you're doing it and probably to read prior to. Would be the negative by Ansel Adams and the, and the darkroom cookbook by Steve Anshell. Okay. Indispensable. So if you're real scared, get some material and prep yourself before you do and it. And there's little formulas Stop being in there so to tell scared. you what to do. Oh my gosh. That's it. Hundreds of formulas. Is there a basic one where you just dive in? I think D76 is pretty basic. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's just say we've developed the f- – put the developer in. You pour it out. Then you need what else? Stop bath? Mm-hmm. Stop bath. That's just – You don't need stop bath. You can use water. Oh, but really? the problem is developers only work in an alkaline environment, and the theory is stop bath is acidic. Right. So the acid stops the alkalinity real, real fast. Therefore, boom, that development stops instantaneously. But water will do the same thing. I mean, you know, you slosh it around, it, it stops it. Mm-hmm. And you know why, too? Because fixer, fixer is acidic. D- does a fixer – what is a developer, stop bath, then what? Fixer. Fixer? Mm-hmm. Then what, the uh, Miracle Glaze? <laughs> miracle Glaze? And then uh, dessert. <laughs> <laughs> no, you uh, – Fixer. If what, you want to, a... you photo flow, which is a, uh, a surfactant. It's the stuff that's very slimy and soap-like. Well, and it helps the water sheet off of the film so that you have no watermarks, especially if you're using hard water. I mm-hmm. have to tell you, John, thinking back to college, yes. you know, I'd, I'd go into that – that massive room that they yes. had at William Patterson University in Wayne, New Jersey. But once you do it, if you go in there, you're, yeah. you're done. Like, it's like trial and error. It's just, you know. Before you do it, you get nervous. But once you do it, I think you know what I, I'm thinking back. I know what my uh, my teacher t- told me to do. He said just get a roll of film that you haven't shot or that's expired, but now we're using expired film. Just get a roll of film and waste it on it just to get it. Do it oh. in the do it in the light so that you can see what it is that you're doing. Get the whole process down before you go into the dark room with something that you don't want to ruin. Right. You know, practice in in the light with, you know, a, a, a roll photo, of film. That I was you in don't a photo want. store once back in the '80s, and these two girls came in and they bought a box of enlarging paper for uh, to print in the dark room. And mm-hmm. they went in the parking lot and they sat in the car oh, and they stop. opened opened up the box no and they and they each split up. Like, okay, you get ten sheets and I get ten ah. sheets. I, I'm I'm not making this up. And I said, Yeah, you just ruined that whole box. They just they didn't get it. They thought there was like <laughs> thought the light in the larger was some kind of a magic light so was funny. the only, only kind of light that could expose paper. Oh, and they just oh ruined it. Oh my goodness. Why is everything black? I said oh, I don't get it. I don't get it. I can't tell you don't get well, it. So, so so what should we do? Well well we're getting the film in. We're gonna give Black and white film out to folks who write us yes. in April or in May of 2010. Okay, so we have a little group project here, Dwayne. Mm-hmm. And what is our goal, I guess? Have tried the process. Tried the process. And mm-hmm. we're successful. I'm, and they're scared no more. I'm, I bet you the Google also has formulas. Oh, the Google. Or if you're it's Sunday morning and you want to like use your coffee grinds. Well, Unless I mean, you want that look. Yes, if you want exactly. that look. That's like later when you're all experienced, correct? Right, that's right. Cr- yeah, it's crazy. Then you can develop with whatever you want. The reason why it's nice to have books, books rather than... The Google, is that the book is in front of you in a dark room and you can constantly reference it. Right. I mean, you can you can print out stuff from the internet, but I prefer to have a hard copy in front of me because oh, you can make notes on it and go that worked, that didn't work. Right. right. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. So basically, shoot a test roll. Don't don't don't. Once again, don't take you know something. Uncle precious. Arthur's 80th birthday party and you know test and, it out and let that be your first roll. Uncle Artie, what did you do to him? <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Marty. Uncle Marty died. I can't wait to see those photos. It's going to be so great. Uh, I screwed it up. I worked for a company that made photographic chemistry back in the 90s. And the guy, the chemical mixer, he botched 
completely botched a, a batch of developer and sh they shipped it out to the shelves. And this guy called in and said, I've been trying for two years to get an interview and a photo shoot with Rosa Parks. Do you know who Rosa Parks is? Yes. yes. She was the she first woman who broke the color barrier in terms of riding a bus in the Deep South. Mm -hmm. And he said, none of my negatives came out. Oh my God. None of my pictures of Rosa Parks are usable. What are you going to do about it? It's just like, oh, send you another free match of developer. Like, yeah. what was I going to say to the poor guy? Got some you took this call? I took this call, yeah. I had to sit in an office, and, and this is what I did for a oh while. I had to, had to bring That's this guy horrible. back. Oh, it was terrible. You can't blame the chemical companies well, for you. I knew it was the chemical company's fault because all of a sudden we had a flood of calls about oh, people's oh. films being ruined, and oh. I had to go. Oh, this was an experienced photographer. There really was a problem. Oh, yeah, yeah this was, this, he was in the right. Well, listen, I, here, this is photography in general. I was, uh, uh, I was in Chicago I was with someone who was shooting digital and, um, they were complaining that, um, go out, shoot digital, ch -ch -ch -ch, go back, plug in the USB cord, mm -hmm. empty, no, no what? pictures, pictures gone. So it's a universal, uh, risk we take. It is. Yeah. It truly, to truly shoot, is. To send your roll of film, let's say to Dwayne's photo mm -hmm. and it being ruined exposed in the mail or Dwayne exposes it or they mess it up in the chemistry it's no different than shooting you know your uh you know on a, on a card and that card being ruined on the spot it, it like it there's no like, there's, there's no uh, there's guarantee a, there's no there's no 100 percent here regardless of what you're shooting I read somewhere that half half of the pretzel logic LP, Steely Dan, like yes. somebody erased the tape or something like that. No. Yeah, it was oh like two God. or three. You know, it guys were painstakingly like. Yeah. And they, they just, I'm sorry, it just was erased. Like, what yeah, are you gonna back do? Back in the day. What are you oh. gonna do? You're gonna go back and you're gonna. There's no uh, there's no computer to go in and find no. the tracks and put the digital information together. No. no. It's gone. Curveball. Yep. Anyone that wrote to get a free roll of Kodachrome 64 to shoot. Because this is the last year you're able to shoot Kodachrome and get it actually processed at Dwayne's Photo, the only photo processor in the world. Anyone that sent their... There'll be no picking because... Well, we didn't get that many responses, but I guess I bet you there's about 15, 20 people in here. Well, that's pretty good. They're all getting a roll. Yay! Yay! Cur Yay. Courtesy of Mike Rosso's personal vault. Wow. Yeah, I've been so... Crazy compulsive buying Kodachrome. I know. I have. Did you buy your own fridge yet for film? Yes, I have my own fridge for <laughs> film. See, I have my own refrigerator for film. You're crazy. I have boy. more Kodachrome than I can shoot in 2010. All so right, give me some more. Okay, I'm gonna give John some, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the people in this box some Kodachrome. Now, when you get your Kodachrome and you shoot it and get your stuff back, you should uh, post it. Drop it in the Film Photography Podcast pool on Flickr. And I'm also going to create a thread where you could post it. It's the really... least you could do. Yeah, because I, I, I would like also, to... Are you also going to send out like information on Dwayne's? I'm going to send a Dwayne order form. Nice. Yeah. Easy. Kod easy. Easy. Kodachrome 64. Yeah, I'm easy. Now, what, is a, uh, what yeah, does it cost to, to develop a role? What are they, 24 exposure? 24 exposure is $8. 36 exposure is $10. And you get back a mounted slide. Mm -hmm. If you have your own scanner, like the beautiful Epson V700, you can actually insert them into your uh, slide holder 
and scan them yourself. I scan them at 24 DPI. It's wonderful. Or Dwayne's off. 24 DPI? Yeah, no good. <laughs> 2,400 DPI? Yes. <laughs> They're a little pixelated. <laughs> just so one big sorry. picture. I'm so sorry. I, I'm mincing my words today, and I'm You're just... You're taking my job. I'm exactly. usually the one that's like all out of it. You, you, thank you, Bill Murray. You scan your Kodachrome at 24 DPI. <laughs> 2,400. Dalai Lama is a close personal friend of mine, so I got that going for me. <laughs> you scan it at 2 DPI. You're scanning a two or, two or four DPI. It's a little blocky. <laughs> two or four, whatever. It's one block. It's a little blocky. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, little, it's a, it's a little blocky. You scan it at <laughs> 2,400 DPI. That's Bill Murray for people who Gorgeous. are not from the U.S. Listen, frankly, I didn't like Dwayne's photos scans of Kodachrome. I didn't care you for didn't? it. It depends on their operator. How many times have you done it? Kodachrome is hard to scan. Yeah, I, I've Dwayne's has scanned it about uh, four times for me and maybe one out of four You times. may download yes? profiles specifically made for your scanner for yeah. Kodachrome film. Where? Is that right? You have to enter into Google like... Uh, the Google. The Google. Like the, the brand of your scanner, uh, profile... Name of the film, you'll come up with a website that I'm sure will be more than happy to sell you a downloadable profile for it. And mm. then you go in and try to – you try to. the difficult part is trying to get it to work with the, the scanner software that yes. you have. But if you can get – somehow plug it in, right. some people find it worthwhile to if do. If you're not a Luddite, it's worth <laughs> it. Or a Luddite and you just can't wake up. Or, of course, if you have a good old-fashioned slide projector, you could just have a show in mm. your living room. Yeah. But I, I usually shoot three to one, by the way. Yeah, Kodachrome, no. I usually did you, John. When you shot, did you did you mix it up or you just shot one f-stop? No, I shot one f-stop because I wanted to see what. Uh, because it's funny with some of those uh, crazy uh, uh, Japanese films that you've been giving me, uh, I could see that some of them run uh, hot. Oh. Like the photos are a little bit hot. Like the hot spots are hotter than what I would think they would be right. for that exposure. So I just shoot the first couple of rolls I shoot I just shoot like I would normally do it and then I see what the film right. requirements are and then I adjust. <laughs> hey, real fast before we do our giveaway of the big prize for this show, Woo! Uh, next show in May we're giving away a Minolta. We're giving away a film developing factory <laughs> in the Netherlands. <laughs> A Minolta X700, and you that's know, my camera. People have yes, John, I love it. It's the model of camera that John has, and people have been writing in Dwayne and saying, "Well, would you give away an Icon F something something Some, something, something, something F10, something. F2, F3, F4, F5, F6, F10? <laughs> that's what they are. I've been giving away things that I've personally tested and know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I love the Canon AE-1. I've used it all my life, and I feel comfortable with it, and I feel comfortable that someone's going to get very satisfactory results. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm holding a, a Minolta X700 in my hands is because John Fideli has been shooting with the Minolta X700 his entire life. That's it. It's the only camera I ever owned. And you feel comfortable with it. John has yeah. a tat that says X700. Sure it does. <laughs> On his pecs. Absolutely. And you've gotten great images out of this. Uh, phenomenal. From what I've read, this is basically the Minolta version of a Canon AE-1. It's exactly right. But uh, the reason I opted for this one is I just don't like the way Canon spells its name with one N in the middle. <laughs> and Dwayne, would you say that when AE-1 was successful, every company jumped on a a, a mm-hmm. you know a knockoff? It was definitely the camera to compete with and imitate at the time. I remember I was in high school when it came out, and it was just you know 
I bought it. It was the camera of the day to have. Why didn't you get a Canon A1, John? I I just didn't like the camera. Did you buy it yourself? I, you know, because I had been looking in photography books, and this had been coming out. And when it came out, it was touted as being this awesome camera, and I just liked the look of it. Um, and I saved up all my pennies, and actually, my girlfriend at the time yes helped to to buy it for me for Christmas. Well, you <laughs> so you bought this yourself? Uh, yes. And you still own the X seven hundred? Yep. Wow. Does it still work? Absolutely. Oh, I just amazing. shot with it today. That's incredible. Now, uh, John Fideli looked at this <clears throat> X700. I I don't know too much about it, so mm-hmm. John checked it out. The battery is operational. What's yep. your girlfriend's name? Uh, it's my wife. John, you it's married great. your squ- high school you sweetheart. Married? That's right. That's incredible. And you're still married. And still married. And you have children and, and a family. Three kids. So yeah. how long have you known her? Like 25 years? <sighs> 27 years. Oh, God, love you. Man. Oh, my God, 27 years. That's What's that wrong That is amazing. That is, yeah. John, I, that is a I, sweet, and I still love her story. so much. That yeah. is so, that is rare. It is. I'm very lucky, man, no doubt. Very, very yes. lucky. You can't. We want to be can't. you, John. You You're not leaving here. We want the secrets. <laughs> Tell me how you do that. Yeah, we want you, the secrets. You, you're going to skin me and wear my skin home and be like, no, I'll honey, be happy. Honey, never <laughs> never mind my stripping on the flight. Like, what's a guy that movie you uh, Oh, uh, Men in Black. Yeah. Oh. He puts the Robert skin. Robert which is D'Onofrio, yeah. Yeah. It's in D'Onofrio. Hey, but that's not all. So, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to enter to win the Minolta X700 35mm camera. Now. You know, I just realized. Yes. I've I've had one woman in my life for a very long time and one camera. Yes. That's crazy. That is. You have not had a desire to use a different camera. Never. For those folks out there who used to be like me, which is just... Can I a, see that, please? This one? Which camera? The one you're holding, the Yashica mat? This is Yashica Hi. A. Hi. A few a few oh. months ago, I was in awe of anyone that shot with medium format film. Twin right. lens reflex, baby. I knew nothing <laughs> about it and was, quite frankly, scared. It was a roll film. It's intimidating. Film. It's, a, it's a roll film. You know, John, years and years ago when we shot weddings, we saw people like Gene Gabelli. Right. You know, they'd always pop out the roll and lick it. Remember, they lick it yep. and then roll it and put yep. it in their pocket, take out another roll. And it's like, what is that? It's called a joint mic. <laughs> I never, never <laughs> even thought to. Oh, dear. I never even. Yeah, it pops out by pressing the other way, the Y. Yeah, I mean, to work mirror. in a high pressure situation. To work in a high-pressure situation with a camera like that must have just... Uh-huh. You must be sweating up a storm. Oh, yeah. Yashica A. Whoa, watch your fingers, boy. Entry-level 120 camera. I purchased this camera on eBay. I've tested it. I can tell you I love it. Mm-hmm. There's no meter in it. You will need to master Sunny 16 or use an external meter. Or if you own a 35-millimeter camera... I guess you could use you that as your meter. Spot meter that? You can, yeah. Or you just do a reflective. What's it, what, Dwayne? What is it when you put that little white globe over your? It's called That's incident. Called incident meter reading. Incident. I, I use an incident meter using the Gossen Luna Pro, oh, which Beta Rich Botka recommended in 1986 when I was taking classes at NYU, and there was there was just no question of what to use. Mm-hmm. None. Zero. Nothing. Gossen Luna Pro F. But what about the... Uh... Gossen Luna Pro F. John, I know you, you use a spot meter, a yes. digital spot meter. Yes. And I think that's great, but I just don't use that. Okay. There, I mean, there's Sikonic meters. There's lots of other meters out there. Minota, Sikonic, Lucent, Well, you know what? If, if you're Lucent? looking to shoot fast, a spot meter, I think, is... A yeah, what do you... Helpful. Do you have a meter, Dwayne? Yeah, I do. 
Would you like me to show it to you? I yeah. actually borrowed your meter on a film shoot once because the battery right. died on my on my camera. One twenty film it takes, and we're giving this away. <gasps> so wow. film photography podcast at gmail.com. Not to interrupt, but did we finish our conversation on developing negatives? Uh oh. we just It was like, so disjoint. We'll we'll, we'll tackle it. More structured in we another We always one. say that, Dwayne. Always like, well, we're going to well, tackle you, that. We'll do it next month. No, I think we, I think that I think our, we got the, the, the beginning phases. Well, we did, we described stuff. different types of developer, different types of de- the things that are in developer, and different brands and the basic stuff that you need. So it's a start. You need a tank. Well, let's not go back and do a whole uh. thing. It's my <laughs> tangents, like, a, like the veins of a leaf. It's just, it's, <laughs> the veins of a leaf. Dwayne, what is this? Veins of my mother's varicose veins. Dwayne, what is this? Tell me what this is. It's a beautiful meter. It's a a one-degree reflected light spot meter made by Cambron, Mm. and it is a a Pentax knockoff. And I bought it in the late 1980s, and it still works. Were you okay when John asked to borrow it? Of course. I think I offered. Oh, okay. John, what was the story? Your meter died, or what happened? Battery died, and, and were, uh, the the I left the bag at home with extra batteries in it. And you were shooting 16 millimeter motion picture film. 16 millimeter motion picture film at night, and uh, there was uh, a lot of pressure. John said mo- motion picture. Film. picture. Motion picture. Jersey. There he is. You hungry, T? You want to send the kid for my job fresh? I also say robot instead of robot. <laughs> what movie was that? Robot. So the Twilight Zone, Twilight Jack, Zone. Warden. Jack Warden. It's not a robot. Oh, it was Shakarama. Robot. Oh, that's right. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Oh, you were shooting Shakarama. Shakarama. Oh, Dwayne was a zombie. Yes, he was. Oh, you want to see bastard. Dwayne God. in a role in, uh, in a movie. In an actual, Dwayne actually released in movie. a movie. It's called Shakarama. Shak-O-Rama. It's on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne, you, you, you're good. Thank you so much. Right. That great. Was, that's a great part. That was a great part. I remember uh, seeing you sitting down, like uh, near <laughs> passing out a couple of times. Oh my god! The was it was, was it was it grueling? Well, I had to wear the the zombie makeup, and I'd never worn that type of makeup before, and it was insanely uncomfortable, bordering on painful. It was uh, it was uh, during the summer too. And it was about it was during the summer. Very hot, and I want to say 14 hours at a pop, I had to wear it. Yeah. And it's like a latex appliance on your face? And yeah. then when I peeled it off, I had to pe- go into the bathroom, took about 45 minutes to peel it off, just patches of raw red skin. I mean, it was just, it was horrendous. Awesome. Was it worth <laughs> doing in retrospect? Oh, of course it was, because I'd always wanted to, to be a creepy character in a film. My only, my, my only criticism was, we only, Brett, who directed it, didn't do a lot of takes. Brett Piper. No. No, he did, oh, he did like so more. as an actor, and you're in the makeup, grueling makeup, you want to at least have an opportunity to do more. Like I'd sit around for four hours, then do the scene, and I'd think... You're like, great, okay, next. Well, can we... Okay, I just... You know, it took me three takes to remember what I had to say, which wasn't much, granted. I, I grunted and mm-hmm. jumped up and down, but at least, you know, if I'm waiting for five hours, really, really uncomfortable, let's at least do five or six takes. But it was on a budget, it was film, you know? What do you think the experience outweighs the pain you had to go through? Oh, yeah, because I just... Uh, and that's why you should develop your own black and white, because the pain will subside, and you will have beautiful negatives once you get over the anxiety I, of developing. I think we gave enough information to talk to get the, the flow going. Right. And okay. I'm going to drive down to my parents' house, get my stuff. Mm-hmm. Mom, Dad, give me my stuff. <laughs> And I'm going to develop a real black and white as well. So let's say, do it together, everybody. I was going to say, the next thing would be to say, okay, this is what you do. You take the roll of film. You open the canister. No, well, that's not, I think I think anyone shooting, I think we know that, right? I'm just saying. 
I know it, but it would be good as a refresher. I mean, especially if you're intimidating or perhaps if you haven't done it before like some of our listeners. If you go to YouTube.com, I guarantee you that there's a video showing step-by-step taking the film out of the canister, putting it in the the thing. Great. And then putting it in the tank, et cetera, so forth. By the way, we're going to do our drawing for the Canon AE-1 package. Real quick, this was... Hey. If you pick it, uh, I read fair, it. Fair, you want fair. me to pick it? Why don't you he pick it. it and you read it? You pick it, I want to read it. Okay. okay, he wants to read it. I bought this package on eBay. The camera is sponsored by Neil Carpenter. Thanks, Inward Neil. Studios, Macon, Georgia. That's inwardstudio.com. I-N-W- Part of the Dirty South. I-N-W-A-R-D. Is that where Randolph Macon College is? <laughs> Who am I, Mr. Atlas? I-N-W-A-R-D-S-T-U-D-I-O, inwardstudio.com. He was kind enough to donate 100 U.S. dollars so we could purchase this pa- camera package. And I can tell you... <laughs> if we go to his house, will he put us up? <laughs> yeah, we'll, Neil, will you? No joke. This yeah. is the, 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 the mintiest Canon AE-1 I've ever laid my hands on. It is in the original box. It's so wow. minty, it smells like spearmint. It is so amazing. It is brand new. It looks like it wasn't used. You have a 50 millimeter lens, a 28 millimeter lens, and a flash. Mm, nice. Amazing. Who's nice. picking? I am. John's picking. All right. Oh. I'm reading. Oy. Okay, here we go. Yoy vey. <laughs> yeah, mix it up there. That's it. Get a good one. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Nice save. Nice good save. So Let's see what we got here. Who All do right. we have here? Gotta unfold it because it's. What do we got? Come on. All the best from Denmark. No, stop. <laughs> yes, yes, I like it. I love it. I should see Mike Rossi. All the best from Denmark, Andreas Haugstrup Peterson. Wow. Andreas Haugstrup Peterson. Andreas Haugstrup Peterson. Wow, you uh, won the Canon A1 package. You won the Canon A1 nice. package. You are the proud new owner of an absolutely beautiful, slick, clean, minty Canon AE1 package. Well, what's wow. he say? Yeah, what's you don't he want say? to read it? I've been enjoying the film photography podcast since the announcement of the first episode on Flickr. The nice. format is well suited for my 45-minute bicycle commute. Not uncommon in Denmark where I live. Keep up the great work. I've been doing film photography for, for a couple of years, and I really enjoy the process of working with film. I work on a computer all day, and it's nice to work with something a lot more mechanical in my spare Ooh. time. Unfortunately, my favorite camera, a Topcon Unirex, has been broken for quite some time. A wonderful SLR with a leaf shutter. I cannot afford to get it repaired, and I'm looking for an affordable replacement. I bought a Petri FTL very cheap, but the light meter is quite unreliable, and there is no way to attach a cable release to it. I am so happy, sincerely happy, that you are getting a wonderful free camera. Yeah, going to a definitely. really good home. A guy who needs uh, yeah. it and wants to use it, courtesy of... Thank you, Mike, for paying for this for this gentleman. For the postage. Uh, Neil's paying for the yeah. camera. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, Neil. Sorry. You know, yeah. you know what I meant. And yeah. uh, outstanding. Someone who really wants it and really needs it. Great. That's really, 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 really great. I'm Denver, very, very happy. He's going to have to listen to this podcast on a couple of commutes because this is going on to the second hour. Yes. I'll tell you why we have to wrap it up. Because there's a uh, USA New Jersey-made pizza pie in the kitchen mm. in the kitchen of our studio. Yes. And I know John came for the 
the tri-state area of New York is well known for pizza. It's the water. It's the water. In the doll. Water. It's the water in the doll that makes Jersey, it nice. it's called water. It makes it nice. Hey, the water. I want to sit down. Yeah, there, are, there are bagel shops and uh, uh, pizza parlor places in New Jersey that daily import New York City water. Right. So they can make their dough. Although Jersey water is pretty good too. Yeah. If you drifted to Pennsylvania a little too far, forget it. It's different. Yeah, it's nothing. For real? Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's not enough minerals in the water. April Film Photography Podcast giving away if in May, Yashica A, mm. 120 film camera, the Height. Minolta <laughs> Height, the Minolta X700. Height. Yes. Minolta, I believe, has merged with a few other companies. Minolta is no longer in business. They got absorbed, really? I think. Absorbed and dissolved. They're oh. gone. Oh, God. Really? I well, think, yeah. Even oh, more reason to uh, love your your Minolta camera. Absolutely. I did not get to many, many letters. However, we will pick it up again next Film Photography Podcast. Uh, I want to thank Dave Bias, Impossible Project USA, for taking the time to talk to us. And throwing us some film. Thanks, Dave. No, Dave didn't throw us any film. <laughs> oh, I was wishful thinking. I want to thank uh, Eastman, Did I say that out loud? Eastman Kodak for the 500 boxes. <laughs> oh, they didn't. Oh, they didn't. Ooh, my bad. Uh, Impossible Project, best of luck to those gentlemen. I'm purchasing the film. I'm shooting with it. Yes. If you two want to check it out, please go to impossibleproject.com. And... Uh, that's it. Shoot some film. Yes. Send us an email. Go to the Flickr group. Post. C41. <laughs> C41. See ya. Feather bed of twilight snow She's morning sun through the
Sartain.